1: Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Love. Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you'll like football. Over. Well, say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise <laughs> the <Steelers>. Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime.
0: When the clock hits the end of regulation and the game is still tied, it goes to overtime. My name is Alex Henry, and welcome to Sports Power Talk Overtime, where we talk about all the sports that we usually would not talk about on Sports Power Talk. Today, I'm glad to be joined with 5 and 5 amateur fighter training out of TKO fighting, Jacob Bostic. Jacob, how are you doing today? Hey, Alex. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. definitely want to talk about your up-and-coming fight uh, with Tyler Brown, May 21st. But first, I want to learn about you. Uh, and just a funny story I was thinking about. Jacob was one of my wrestling coaches at Green. He had to put up with my my shenanigans for a little bit. Uh, and I remember I lost to a kid with one arm at a tournament. And then the next practice, <laughs> Jacob wrestled me with one arm. And not only wrestled me, beat me up.
1: With the one arm, the entire practice, Jacob. Do you remember this? I do, I do. <laughs> we used to do it to Tyler all the time too. Kaminsky, Krebel, and I used to just wrestle with him behind our hands behind our back.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't fun, especially I wasn't the best high school wrestler <laughs> it's either. Not fun for you guys, but it's fun for other <laughs> coaches. It, it, I'm sure it was, but I I always remembered that and how much I didn't like it. But Jacob. I want to ask, you know, you were obviously a high school wrestler. Uh, now you're coaching wrestling and football. You're mm-hmm. coaching football as well. Tell yep. me about that.
1: Uh, well, I played football, obviously, growing up and everything. And what people, a lot of people don't know since I coach wrestling is the fact that I actually went to college to play football. My freshman year of college, I went to Mount to play football. Um, some things didn't work out, and it wasn't the playing time. It just had to do coaches and I just, we didn't match up. And then, uh, so Creeble hit me up my freshman year of college and said hey i'm taking over the program do you want to come back and i said yes 100 i would there's nothing that most people wouldn't do to go back to their high school to give back and coach especially you know to somebody that helped them so much like creeble so yeah and then um, i started doing that for a while and then i had a buddy um, he was CVCA's old defensive coordinator Two years ago, he messaged me and said, hey, um, I got a spot. Do you want to come coach football with me? And I said, of course. Coaching high school sports is one of the funnest things I think I've ever done. And it's very rewarding, too. So that was a no-brainer. And then um, Coach Geis over at Green, uh, him and I got together. And, you know, a couple of the wrestlers, like you remember Dylan Davis, he always said, when are you going to coach at Green? When are you going to coach at Green? Right. And uh I mean, it wasn't a Wallace thing. I just, Wallace and I just didn't get along that well, I didn't think. But I love the guy. I think he's a great guy. But I just didn't, I don't know. I just think growing up through high school, I didn't feel comfortable asking him to coach for him. And then guys came in. And and then I got a little more comfortable. And then, you know, him and I kind of talked a little bit throughout the, the two years he was there before I coached because he'd come in and ask, you know, if the kids can use the scales and things like that. And then finally, uh, last season, uh, towards the end of, so the beginning of last season, the end of 2021 school, school year? I don't know. like it, I don't know. Dates suck. But anyway, he, he got with, together with me towards the end of one of the school years before last football season and asked if I would want to come in and coach and help out with the freshmen, and that was a no-brainer. So being able to go from freshman football right into wrestling – it sucks, but it's also at the same time, like I said, really rewarding. I mean, my first year we went to the Final Four, so that was cool.
0: That was cool. Of course, I was graduated. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my whole time at Green, we were not a football school. Nope. We were a basketball school, but last year we were a basketball and football school. Yep. Uh, so that was that was great. But uh, I can definitely be a testimony to Jacob. He's a very tough coach. He's hard on kids, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm but uh he definitely makes them better through that is there a, is there a reason behind your tough coaching um style i guess
1: um i mean i'm going to sound like a jerk probably but like <laughs> i don't like i don't i don't want a generation of kids to be soft like i like i don't want kids to think that they deserve Spots handed to them like a kid just just because you know like he might be a middle school state placer like you're not gonna come into high school and think that you're the stuff and sure. just automatically assume that you're the best on the team so like yeah I, I'm I'm kind of a jerk but at the same time I'm <laughs> a, like I want I want kids to be respectful tough and not soft like I don't want entitled kids on my sports teams and I that probably sounds bad but if you get a kid that's entitled in sports he's gonna think he's entitled. His whole life, and I just the reason that I think I'm so tough is just to get kids prepared for like if they go to college to play sports or if they you know go right into working right after, just so they understand that like stuff's not handed to you. you guys have to work hard right for things, if you want to be successful.
0: Yeah, and um, I definitely agree with that, and being a wrestling coach it's not it's not for the soft it's wrestling is a hard sport. Uh, you, you don't want to baby kids through wrestling and if you're not you're either made for it or you're not and I can I can definitely say something about that something else you're definitely made for or not is MMA mixed martial arts and uh, it's a very hard sport how did you get into MMA so you're 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 wrestling in high school you go to college for football
1: um, how does MMA come in? Like, I was always a fan of the sport growing up. You know, Rashad Evans, Chuck Liddell, the old guys. Like, Rashad, being a wrestler, I looked up to Rashad. It's like, oh, this dude was a phenomenal wrestler, like, and then comes into the UFC and starts taking over. So it's like, you know, you look up to guys like that, or GSP, who has great wrestling as well, and sure. things like that. And then um, I always thought, you know, I was the typical high school D-bag. Like, oh, dude, I'm going <laughs> to play professional football. I'm going to college. And then, um, like I said, everything took a turn. And then I went back. And Kreeble, who is my jiu-jitsu coach, he and I started doing jiu-jitsu in 2015. I started working my way into that over at Unique Fitness, where he used to be the jiu-jitsu coach. He said, come on over. It's just like wrestling. I think you'd be good at it. And I miss competing. And I was getting very, like, I was getting fat. I'm, I was not healthy like I am now. Like I was probably 195 pounds, right? and I wasn't healthy. So it was more to start to get back into shape and get back. being healthy to start competing and i started falling in love with jujitsu just no gi more than gi i'm not a big gi fan but no gi just because it's a mix of wrestling too Mm -hmm. and um at that point i was like dude if i'm gonna do this like screw it i'm gonna do it all and i started taking up boxing and kickboxing and and started putting two and two together and then i moved up to uh aries combat with dave graf and all them to start that's where i started putting like everything together was up there and then been doing been actively fighting since 2017 dang so five years
0: right and i want to ask you know being an amateur fighter being an mma fighter is very hard for people that don't know it takes a lot of skill uh especially for somebody who doesn't have a wrestling background or a brazilian jiu-jitsu background like you do and even then it's still very difficult so training is super super important to the sport so for somebody that's an amateur, you know, there's guys in the UFC that are barely getting paid any
1: money. Right. How do you balance your training in your real life? Um, well, luckily, like I'm a firefighter for New Franklin. So my schedule's pretty, pretty nice to where I'm able to. Um, I mean, it's part time. Technically, I work full time hours, but um, I work Sunday, Wednesday. So I do a 24 on a Sunday, do 24 on a Wednesday, and I might pick up a 12 overnight. So that way I'm still able to, you know, I can train Monday, Tuesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And nice. I mean, we have equipment at the station so I can work out at the station. So sure. I constantly can work out. Um, and then that way I also can coach too. So some guys, I mean, some guys are lucky and they just have well off parents to where like they don't have to work. They can just train and make it their goal. And that's good for them. And I hope guys like that have their parents that are well off that don't have jobs and that are in amateur MMA, I hope they make it big. Mm-hmm. It pays off for them. And then I got I got buddies that I got a buddy that works his butt off, um, both at his job, leaves his job, goes right to the gym, wakes up 5 a.m., goes runs. I mean, and I mean the the and his name's Christian Porter. He's probably the most dedicated amateur MMA fighter in the state of Ohio. So if you ever want another one on here, definitely <laughs> check out him because sure. I mean he he's fighting in Georgia today. So I hope you know he's gonna smoke this dude, but. Christian, I mean, that kid is fully dedicated. A lot, I mean, he's more dedicated than I am. I won't even lie about that at all. But um so he he has it balanced out good as well. It's it it is hard though compared to like, you know, a pro who, you know, gets paid to fight as to where like we only get ticket sales you. Sure. So
0: yeah, it's it is difficult and it's I mean, obviously any sport once you're not playing it in college or professionally it takes up a lot of your time to get into it you know if you wanted to be like in a football league for example it's it's difficult to get into Uh, so I always have a lot of respect for the up-and-coming MMA guys but everybody really starts here you don't jump straight to the UFC Uh, you have to definitely start somewhere Um, but back back to training you were talking about your weight um, and how you know you, you said you were putting on so you had to cut uh, how's your weight cut been for this fight uh, coming out? I, mean, I haven't started cutting weight yet.
1: Oh. I'm not even going to lie to you. I <laughs> no. don't start. I mean, today's like the day that I would. I mean, I, I walk around at like 160. Okay. So it's not, I mean, 15 pounds from wrestling is not hard.
0: Sure. And and for the listeners who might think that's crazy, uh, you know, growing up a wrestler, being able to cut, you know, 10 pounds in, you know, less than a week. Yeah, is, I'll, be,
1: I'll be 55. Yeah. I'll be 155 by Wednesday. I'll be ten pounds over a week and a half out.
0: You're not gonna pull a Charles, not uh, Oliveira. No, no. You're five over.
1: No, <laughs> I've missed weight one time. I'm not gonna lie. It was, and it was dumb. It was down in Kentucky, that Matt Moore fight. I didn't care about that fight. If I'm being honest, and sure. it showed me not making weight. Right.
0: So you mentioned one of your fights, um, and you are five and five. Like I mentioned, had a stellar start to your career. And you're currently on a three-fight losing streak. Looking towards your career, how important is this Tyler Brown fight for you on the 21st? I mean, it's important. I
1: mean, if I don't win, then it is time to just think, like, all right, screw it. Do we just be a coach and work and mm-hmm. chase a different goal? Maybe in jiu-jitsu or something, you know? But, yeah, those three fights, man. Um, two of those three fights I didn't care about. I thought they were going to be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. The Matt Moore and the Jermaine fight, I... 100 I trained with Jermaine before and I thought it was gonna be a cakewalk and I did the same thing in both fights I went out there. I was like screw it. I, I'm just gonna take him down I'm gonna beat him up on the ground and both times wrestling let me down the one thing. I'm good at <laughs> right I uh, I took a bad shot left my head on the outside and in jiu-jitsu If you leave your head on the outside and you don't get your hips out to the opposite side of your head You're gonna get guillotined and I left my hips on the same side as my head and I got guillotined both times um so yeah, I mean this fight's pretty important. Like I said, if, if I if I lose, I don't I'm I'm not gonna look past him like I did, you know, two of those three, but I don't think I'm gonna lose this one.
0: Good. And you look at a guy like Tyler Brown, uh you mentioned that you had lost from guillotines, you've lost from rear naked chokes, and I think you lost a decision
1: yeah. once. So out of my five fights that I've lost, I think the only dude that legitimately was better than me that night was the decision loss to Alan Liu. Gotcha. That is probably the only dude wholeheartedly that I think was actually better than me that night. I think the other four fight losses were just mistakes I made. I mean, the Easton Johnson one for the, that amateur belt. I, I mean, I dominated the whole first round. Mm. Dominated. And then I made a stupid mistake and got put in a triangle. And instead of defending the triangle, I just saw his face. And I just saw red. And I was like, screw it. Punch, 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 punch. And I ended up Making the triangle tighter by not defending it correctly. So sure. just stupid mistakes like that. So I think the only one that Legitimately was better on the night that I lost was to Alan Lou
0: Sure, and you look at a guy like Tyler Brown who is two and 2-0. Oh, he's probably uh, His head's probably maybe getting a little big and he's won both of his fights by rear naked choke mm-hmm. um, So he going into this fight looking at you he He's probably got a game plan set out. How have you been training and looking uh, for him in that fight, knowing that he's probably going
1: to go for a choke? So the one fight, that there was only one fight that I was able to watch, and he kind of went out a little wild on the feet and then looked for a takedown. And um, so, I mean, he's probably going to come out doing the same thing, probably come out a little wild on the feet, look for a takedown. But, I mean... I'm going to talk better about my training partners and the guy he's training with. I mean, I, Josh roller, Chris Creeble. I'm going to name those two names are two of the most best wrestlers to come out of Ohio. Sure. So going against them. And if I'm able to stop one of their takedowns, especially if Josh is throwing punches first, which it's very rare that I'm, the, I'm not gonna lie that I stop a takedown from roller. Cause they're so good. But if <laughs> I do, like, I know that if Josh can't take me down, this kid can't take me down. Sure. That's the way I look at things. So like, I just put myself in different positions, like training. And then, you know, when I go up and spar at Aries, a couple, like I did on Wednesday, like I just made myself uncomfortable. Cause I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I don't like to strike. You know, they were like big gloves only, no takedowns. I was like, screw it. You know, cause I tried to tell my buddy Pirello up there that I said, dude, I don't, I just wanna MMA gloves. Let's just, you know, MMA spar cause it's an MMA fight. And I was like, and I started thinking, like, no, I need to strike more. I need to get better on my feet. And, so I put on the big gloves and just stood toe-to-toe with everybody up there. And it went well and went bad. It went well and went bad. So right. just putting myself in different positions to make myself more comfortable, I think, is is the best way to win this fight.
0: Yeah, and you talk about your um, your striking ability. And you've mentioned you know, you're a wrestler at heart, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu at heart. But when you watch your fights, uh, you like to come out good leg kicks. I think your low leg kicks are really nice from what I've seen. Uh, and you're striking, and I think that definitely carves a way for you to set up these easier takedowns. Um, would you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the last fight with Jermaine, I didn't set up a takedown. Right. I just shot in, and mm-hmm. it showed that it did not work. From afar. Right. Well, yeah, it yeah. Was, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a terrible <laughs> shot. Like, <laughs> if one of my wrestlers ever shot like that, like you're running sprints, bro. <laughs> right. 100%. So, yeah, it was – yeah. No, I agree 100% that – um, I need to set them up more. I would, yeah, I would agree.
0: So, how would you describe your MMA style uh, as a fighter? Then, wrestler. 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 For sure.
1: I'm not like wrestling. I like to take people down, and ground and pound, or look for a submission. I mean, all my wins are submission. Mhm. I like to choke people out. I like to, you know, break arms. I like. It's fun. Being in a dominant position is just. Fun as like a male, any guy will tell you, oh, you know, I like to. I think knocking somebody else fun. Well, to me, like being able to look down at a guy while I'm beating him up and Mm -hmm. I'm in a dominant position, like I'm the alpha male, you're the beta male. That's the way I look at it. Like, like, so to me, that's that's why I like to wrestle and do jiu-jitsu because it's more like a dominance thing.
0: Yeah, and you look at guys like Khabib Nurmagomedov. Would you like say that wrestling? Is the most important aspect of mixed martial arts? Yeah. In, or in just a, grappling, in a sense, they're just grappling just in grappling general? Grappling
1: in general, I think. Grappling with good takedowns. Mm-hmm. There's some guys out there that don't have good takedowns, but have fantastic grappling. Sure. So if you mix in gr- fantastic grappling with one or two good takedowns, you're solid. I mean, what did we tell you guys all through high school? You need one to two good takedowns to win a wrestling match. That's true. So, I think it's the same thing for m m a if you have one or two good takedowns and you have fantastic grappling, you're gonna win that fight if you don't get caught on the feet
0: so you basically said it uh then you know obviously some guys don't like getting asked this question, but how would you say
1: your you, what's your game plan going into this fight? My game plan is just to have fun okay i think i think I think I just like got away from the fact that. I just love to compete Mm. those last couple fights. So I think just going in there with the love to compete and having fun is my game plan this time. Not overthinking anything, just going to go out there and have fun.
0: Yeah, and you have to – I agree with that because when you lose your heart in what you're doing, it's very difficult to, like, actually want to do it. You have to have your heart into something. It's like if you have a a boring job, you're not going to put in the best effort at – your workplace if your heart's not really in right. it uh and mma i mean that's huge i i can't imagine getting into the octagon and being like not wanting to do this because i love the feeling of competing uh so that's definitely big i want to ask who would you say your biggest inspirations are watching uh you know ufc as a kid uh and then being able to train with some guys hmm. biggest
1: inspiration growing up I mean, was probably Rashad Evans cuz he was, you know, one of the best wrestlers to trans- one of the first couple to transition from being a collegiate wrestler into MMA. So like, I don't know, I was probably middle school, I want to say watching him fight. So that was that was the cuz back then like when I was growing up, wrestling was a lot more important to me uh more important than football until I got to high school then I found out that football I thought was more important. So like, you know, young age growing up and you see somebody like Rashad going out there as a wrestler, and you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. "That's awesome that he's a wrestler." And then he does that, and then you got, and then you got somebody like Lance Palmer, who, I you know, I grew up watching a little bit when I was in high school and middle school. Same thing, you go out there, and and then it was cool because like a family friend, you know, they're very close with the Palmer. so it's like, you know, she uh, she texts me one day, She goes You're gonna watch Lance fight?" And I was like, "Lance is fighting? Like no way, four time state champ from an hour up the road, you know." Heck yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Where can I watch it? Right. So, like, you know, those just seeing people that are from Ohio or from a wrestling background compete is just was an inspiration growing up. And then, I mean, there's nobody really now that I look up to as an inspiration in the UFC. I think more people that I look up to as an inspiration or a mentor would be Chris and Josh, I think are two of like my biggest mentors and inspirations in competing just because they've helped me a lot, like mentally and uh, physically in the sport. So those two definitely.
0: Right. And I, I know your dad, a uh, very tough guy, <laughs> another good coach. I, I always, I didn't write this question down, but I always kind of wondered it. How is it when you, you know, you tell your parents more, probably your mom than <laughs> your dad. Cause, uh, for those who don't know, Jacob's dad is a very, very tough guy. Um, but how, how do you tell your parents, say, hey, I, w- I want to jump into the cage? Because it does have that negative huh? look um, from you know outside people that aren't really familiar with how it is. And there are a lot of dark sides to MMA. Uh, but, I mean, knowing you, you're, you weren't in that
1: dark side part right. of the MMA. Right. So how do you tell your parents, say, hey, I'm jumping in the cage? I, just, I told them. I said, "Hey, I'm fighting. I'm fighting at the Hollywood Casino in Columbus. Gave him the date. Told him how to get tickets." Uh, my mom, at first, she was scared, and then she she loves it. She loves to come watch. Um, my dad likes it. I would say he's never told me he doesn't like it, mm-hmm. and I know that he likes it because um, I know that it can give him a chance to coach a little bit, you know, sure. after it if I mess up wrestling or something. Like for example, like my last fight, I lost. Like he goes, "Why don't you get your hips out?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, there's." <laughs> there's there's coach there's coach growing up so no I mean I I think he enjoys it I think my, my sister comes my brothers comes they they enjoy it or sure. I think they would tell me they didn't right it was it was actually pretty easy it wasn't like a sit-down talk it was just like hey I'm doing this
0: would you say there is people that have to kind of sit down I mean obviously you're you're jumping in the cage you're an adult you know your parents you know it's not like they control you you know you can right. do what you want but are there fighters out there yet you know they sit down and they say hey mom dad I'm gonna fight and they're like oh
1: percent. like
0: how, 100%. how does that work
1: um I don't remember verbatim what was said but I do know that Alan Liu my one opponent he did a he did a podcast and somebody asked him that exact same question I mean his nickname he said is the Chinese disappointment and, and, <laughs> and I mean I 100% I don't remember exactly and I don't want to like butcher it because I know he's probably gonna watch us when you post it because I'll share it um because him and I still talk but I want to say that his parents wanted him to be like a doctor or or get a college degree or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I want to say like, they, I can't remember, but they, they were not happy. Like he had to sit down, I think talk to them about (laughs) it. Yeah. I want to, and that was like, I think that was an interview before our fight that I, that I listened to. So, yeah, there are people out there that I think like, it's a cultural thing, I think too, or it's Mm -hmm. like how somebody was raised. Like, you know, could you imagine like you play no sports coming up through school and things like that. And you're just like, you know what, I'm gonna try and fight like that'd be a shock to some parents like didn't want to play any sports And now you want to do this of all things. So yeah I 100% think that it's like kind of an awkward sit down talk with some parents Yeah, I,
0: I bet it is and just the life of an amateur fighter is like Once you make it pro It's so much easier. Really you're getting paid. Yeah, people are making your fights for you well, how does that work? So how are your fights made? Because whoever made this fight for you, they were doing a good job. I mean, this is going to be a very entertaining fight. Um, I think it's a good match. How how do these matches get made?
1: So, um, for the longest time, like when I first started, a matchmaker would reach out to like Dave Graff, my old coach. Um, he would reach out to them. Dave would ask me. And now it's to the point where like um, I reach out, and I just want to get my fights in. I just So like I'll reach out like I was supposed to fight in January and Nicole reached out to me, the matchmaker for the um, Ohio combat league, like she'll reach out to me or I'll reach out to her be like, Hey, any cards coming up, you know, or she'll reach out. Hey, I have this, I have that type thing. And so like, I was supposed to fight back in January, had a kidney stone issue, couldn't train, ended up being in the hospital and things like that for that. So I had to pull out of that. And then Scott messaged me Corbin, the matchmaker for uh, this card. And he's like, Oh, Hey, you know, like, uh, we got a card coming up in May. And I said, sweet. Like, I think i should be good you know i'm back to training full time now i'm finally healthy things like that so it's now so like as an amateur usually they either reach out to you or your coach Got and you. most of the time now like um scott or nicole will put me and my striking coach rc into a like a group message on facebook and ask us both like hey I, this date this guy you know this weight mm-hmm. is how it is now but as a pro like you're either you're either by yourself like you manage yourself or like you have a manager and your manager would do things like that as a pro
0: yeah and I was listening to a Justin Gaethje interview the other day and he said I fight two times a year they can't the UFC can't pay me to fight me three times a year they would just lose money but then he said you know these up-and-coming guys in the UFC that are fighting on fight nights they can fight whenever they really want mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the beautiful things about amateur fighting is if you want to fight, you make your fight. You yep. you reach out. So it really goes to show who really wants it in amateur fighting. Now, obviously, um, fighting's a hard sport, and you need to rest your body mm-hmm. afterwards, so you can't always fight. Uh, like, every single weekend, right. you, you won't make it. How would you say you are in that aspect? Like, when, after a fight, when are you kind of ready to get back in the octagon?
1: Uh, when I first started, it was like... I want to fight. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, so I think I waited. Oh Lord, I'd have to pull it up. It was longer. I would say like three months in between fights, maybe three, four months in between. I think is, I know some guys that fight a month later, right? which is fine. I mean, if you take no damage, you go out there, finish dude in a minute, like heck yeah, fight again in a month. Right. Um, me now, um, I would say like two months, three months. And then also like, it just depends. Like, wrestling months are kind of harder mm-hmm. you know because i'm busy on the weekend so like i would have to find like the perfect weekend right to fight when i don't have a thing because but because no offense like i love fighting but i love coaching like a lot more like i if i could i would maybe go into coaching mma after this but it wouldn't be as fun i don't think um so during the wrestling months it's i would say like every four months maybe i'd look to fight but you know when wrestling's over then it's like all right when when can I fight right as soon as possible?
0: So you're gonna win your fight May 21st or we got that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, what? does what your future look like then? What are your goals after you win this
1: fight? Uh, the goal after this is to go pro My goal after last fight was to win and go pro but mm-hmm. in Ohio the way that the stupid rules are how rules suck. By the way, just a heads up.
0: Tell, tell me about it, because I, I'm, you know, we both know Alec Bailey. Uh, mm-hmm. He fights in Florida. He just went pro recently. And speaking of a guy who's just ready to jump right back in the cage, I mean, yeah. he was. Oh yeah. He was about to go in four weeks after his I last fight. I
1: love Alec, man. That kid has come a long way since he was a wrestler for me. So sure. it's Awesome to see that. Um, but
0: I know uh, I was talking to Josh, uh, and like he fought in Pennsylvania, and the rules were different there. Oh yeah and uh, and then Orlando and Florida, the rules are different there. So how does that work with different rules for MMA in each so sport, Ohio's or is ama- each state?
1: So Ohio's amateur MMA rules suck, I think. Well, they're not as bad as like PA because you have to wear shin guards up to a certain number of fights in PA. So PA actually sucks the most, and there's no ground and pound for like your first three fights. But Ohio's are like, so no knees, no head kicks, no elbows, obviously. Mm. And they're three three-minute rounds instead of three-five. And you weigh in the day of. There's no day before. Um, So that sucks. Yeah,
0: for sure. Can you explain why that does suck for somebody who might not understand, you know, why weighing in the same day and then having to fight? So
1: some people don't know how to cut weight properly, and they dehydrate way worse than they should. And you weigh in at like, I don't know, 11, we'll say, at the earliest in Ohio. 11 a.m. Usually it's noon. Sometimes, you know, it's 11. And if you don't know how to properly hydrate after that, like you're screwed. You're going to go out in your fight seven hours later, eight hours later. And yeah, you might have drank four bottles of water, but you might not have had enough electrolytes and you're just going to, your legs are going to cramp and you're mm-hmm. going to start cramping. You're going to fatigue more. So, like when I cut weight, my goal is to be on weight like the Thursday night or Friday morning before I weigh in. So then that way, like I go Friday morning. Um, I can wake up, I can have water, I can stay hydrated, and then I can go get a good workout and a good sweat in and then be on weight Friday night again. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wake up, eat a little bit, drink a little bit Friday, and get a get my two workouts in and then go weigh in Saturday morning. That way it's an easier hydration. I don't have to rehydrate as much compared to other people that don't, you know, cut weight properly.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It It can be very
0: difficult. Even I remember in high school – uh, I was trying to like get to the point where I can get my two pound allowance. So I was cutting a lot of weight, mm-hmm. didn't hydrate properly, had two fights that day. And I don't know if I would have won the fights anyway, but I remember I weighed in, made weight. Oh yes, I made weight. And when I got onto the mat, it was, it's awful. Yeah. So there's a lot of truth to that. Why do you think they make it so you can't weigh in the
1: day before? So, because So people aren't cutting a massive amount of weight as amateurs. Gotcha. Trying safety, I guess. I don't. I don't know, because you have to weigh back in the next day as an as a pro anyway. You get I think you have I don't I don't remember what it is, maybe like five pound allowance or mm-hmm. something like that. So you in Ohio, like even if you weigh in the night before, you can only rehydrate so much and eat so much and you have to weigh in Saturday morning again as a pro, which I think is dumb too.
0: It's weird. That's weird because I I didn't know that. And that's like I don't know. I don't know why they do that either. Is every state like that or is that just All like
1: different. So example Christian, my buddy, who fights tonight, he weighed in yesterday as an amateur down in Georgia. Gotcha. Um, I got to weigh in the night before in Kentucky, um, and you, but you don't weigh in the next day, like so. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you go and you get fat.
0: <laughs> yeah, you put on ten pounds yeah. like it, Gagey overnight. Put on 10 yeah, you put Mike.
1: on ten pounds. So yeah, I mean, and then different states are weird. Like roller, New Jersey fight wasn't allowed to throw elbows on the ground. Yeah, like so, it's very weird yeah
0: and that's another thing we can talk about i guess i recently got into striking uh and i'm kind of understanding how it works more and elbows and knees are more damaging they're very bony parts Mm -hmm. of your body uh if you get hit with the right elbow you're nine times out of ten you're going to get busted open they're a part of the sport of mma uh and it just mixed martial arts in general that's what it is you know it's it's Muay Thai, it's right, boxing, wrestling, Brazilian jiu jitsu, all of it together. That's what MMA is. Why do you think it is for these amateurs that you know they don't want you throwing uh safety elbows in these? It's just a safety thing, yeah, safety thing for sure.
1: And I think, like, and not, not necessarily just safety for the guy getting hit with the elbow, but maybe safety for the guy throwing the elbow, or then mm-hmm. he might you know, doesn't want to throw it wrong, just safety reasons, I think, is behind it. I think it's kind of dumb because, you know, you're going to get a guy that wants to go pro and then, oh, now their first pro fight, oh, now we can throw elbows. That might be the first time they get hit with an elbow. Yeah, so
0: do you, that's what I, that's where I was going to, do you practice, obviously, you don't want to hit your teammates mm-hmm. with <laughs> elbows and knees, uh, but just drilling pads and stuff, are you working uh, knees and elbows right now or are you just focusing on fists and kicks? So fists and kicks,
1: just. Just the basics. Just taking it back to basics. Right. Real easy for this fight. Just going to have fun.
0: For sure. Speaking of having fun, what would... You know, I haven't watched you live yet. I mm-hmm. will be there May 21st to watch uh, you fight. What's your walkout song going to be?
1: Um, This, I change it up all the time. Uh, this one is going to be a remix of morgan wallen's broadway girls <laughs> oh. with him and Upchurch. so yeah that one i'm gonna use that one
0: so uh, that's that's something we can talk about so you know some of these guys they have their real serious walkout yeah. songs you know they're rocky balboa coming out there from my knowledge you're coming out to goofy songs all the time how how does that help your mindset going into the cage relax
1: with me i don't want like I like to be relaxed. Like some of these guys like to go in like We're tense blood boiling Hulk smash type stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, nah, play me a fun song. Get my like feel good mood.
0: Yeah. And it's entertaining for the uh the people watching too. You know, they 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 like that. They enjoy that. What would you say your dream fight is, Jacob? You, my dream you can get fight somebody old, somebody new Who do you want to? Who do you want to knock out? Who do you want to choke out? Connor, just because it's a boatload of money. (laughs) That's that's true. That was Roller's response. Except Roller has a personal grudge against
1: Conor McGregor. I think he's a total d bag now. But like, you know, when he first started, it's like, dude, this dude's insane, driven. Mm -hmm. Like, but now it's like, I'd fight him. I'd let him punch me in the (laughs) face for a million dollars. I don't care. Screw it.
0: Yeah, and I mean. That's that's kind of his thing. He's just the money man. He yeah. just cares about making money. Well, Jacob, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks joining for having me. me. Everybody at WZIP is rooting you on. May twenty-first. How can people uh, keep up to date with you in your life?
1: You follow me on my Instagram. That's about it. I mean, or my. I mean, don't follow me on Facebook. I don't use it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just my Instagram. And then um, if you want tickets, they're on there in like my bio, or you can go to fighter tickets.com mm-hmm. slash like cage thunder 15 i think yeah and when you're buying tickets
0: make sure to go collect jacob's name that's who you're for you don't have to give him a little you bit go ahead uh give him give give him a little bit of cheddar but uh thank you jacob for uh joining and thank you at home for listening to another episode of sbt overtime my name is alex henry with jacob bostic signing off